0: Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy.
1: We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age.
0: This is Parenting Bites.
1: Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here in the studio with Andrea Smith technology guru. Really, Today you really are like technology guru. You have like a million different things you went to. you like, <laughs> so I'm going much to Samsung. Today. I'm going to this thing. You're like in tech overload. <laughs> and still more. Oh my god. On today's show, so we are Amy-less for our first segment. <laughs> She's stuck in the woods somewhere. But we have a call-in guest, Brooke Shannon, who has started a movement, I guess, called Wait Till Eighth, which is about... Holding off buying your children a smartphone until eighth grade—it's a really interesting yeah, idea. Interesting idea. It's something to think about. So we're going to jump right in we'll in our have first to find segment. Out, uh, <laughs> find out how how
2: she's doing with this. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so about wait until eighth. This is kind of an interesting thing. You know, parents sometimes bow to peer pressure when their kids are saying, uh, "I want a phone because all my friends are having f- have their smartphones." Um, and Brooke Shannon is joining us today, and she started a Wait Until 8th campaign, and I find this fascinating. Brooke, thanks for joining us.
3: Absolutely. I'm happy to share more about the Wait Until 8th Pledge that's spreading across the country. Well, tell us about it. What is this? Well, the Wait Until 8th Pledge empowers parents to really rally together to delay getting children a smartphone until at least the eighth grade. Our hope is to create a support network for those parents who would like to wait on giving their child a phone.
2: And obviously, I mean, I guess it's kind of that peer pressure thing where enough parents have to say, okay, they're going to wait, so no one caves? Absolutely.
3: Um, We designed the pledge to use group memento for good. And so once 10 people, 10 families from the same grade and the same school have signed the pledge, then the pledge becomes active. And the reason we designed it this way is we don't want parents to fear, like, what if I'm the only one that signs us for my grade and for my school, um, and I don't have the community to really back me in this decision. Um, So it really just kicks in once you have a group of 10 friends that you're waiting with. So why did you choose eighth grade? That is a great question. Um, We researched this issue um, for a while, and we learned that the longer you wait to expose children to smartphones, the better. And experts varied on the exact age recommendation. Um, Some said 14, some said 16, and on the more conservative side, some even said high school graduation.
0: And um, we also learned,
3: <laughs> I know, and we knew that that just wasn't feasible to wait that long. But we did know that we wanted to keep smartphones outside of elementary school and most middle school. And we also learned that a lot of technology executives, um, such as Bill Gates and others, um, set 14 as kind of a line in the sand on this issue. And since they are well-versed in this technology, we thought that they were good leaders to follow um, in their footsteps.
1: So one of the things I thought was really interesting about this pledge is you're not saying no phone. You're saying no smartphone. And I really appreciated that because I can tell you I gave New York's a little different than anywhere else. I'm going to preface with that because our kids start walking to school by themselves in fifth and sixth grade. Um, Absolutely. So they needed a phone. But I bought my daughters a, what they called the dumb phone, (laughs) what we used to call the flip phone, um, for the first couple years, partly because I didn't want them walking around with such an expensive piece of hardware that they could be mugged for. Um, And secondly, I wanted them to prove they could care for it, right, and not lose it and not whatever. Um, So my daughters did have a dumb phone until I think seventh grade, and then they they got the smartphone. But what was interesting to me when I did that was it was so much more expensive for me to get them a dumb phone um, than a smartphone. Because the the phone companies would give you the smartphone.
3: (laughs) But I had to pay. They want you to have that because they want you on that data plan. Um, It's really to just to tie you in there for all their plans and having you pay big monthly um, payments. Um, But there are lots of basic phones out there. Um, And I think most parents think that they're not even made anymore, but they are. And they also have some two-way calling um, smart watches that don't have access to the Internet, but you can call and you can do short text. And they also have GPS tracking on there, too. So I think there's a lot of great options out there for parents that would like to get in touch with their kiddo, but they don't necessarily want to give their 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old access to the world with a smartphone. And basic dumb phone, basic phone, or the two-way calling watch really avoids a lot of the distractions and the dangers that come with a smartphone.
1: So let's talk about, I'm that mom, I'm like, we're taking this pledge, we're doing this, and my kid's like, I hate you. You're the <laughs> only mom who won't let me have a smartphone and everyone has them. I don't care if those nine other people sign pledges. Those nine other people are nerds. Like, I'm, my friends all have it. What do you do? Yes. <laughs>
3: I mean, I think it's just an ongoing conversation that um, you need to have with your child, like really talking about the distractions and the dangers and the scary stories that are out there that come with this technology, and that's what I try to do with my own girls. I have three daughters, one's 10, one's eight, one's four, and we've been having this conversation for years, and at first, when I started this movement just a few months ago, my oldest, who's in fourth grade, said, you know, kind of like, why are you doing this, mom? And I said... We as a family are waiting for sure, and how much better would it be for you if you had some 15 or 20 other people in your grade that are doing the same? And when I framed it that way, she really understood the importance for her to have a community of friends that were doing the same thing.
1: It does seem like the most important part. Sometimes I wonder if the kids feel the pressure or the parents feel the pressure to get their kids a smartphone. I think
3: it's both. I think um, on the one hand, the kids, like if they see three or four or five people in their grade with the latest iPhone 7, like they are naturally inclined to desire that high-tech um, device. And then on the flip side, the parents, like we don't want our kids to be left out of situations. We want them to have the best. And so it's an easy trap to fall into. And I think what it's really necessary in this point of time in parenting and with the technology is really to think through this is a really important milestone and all the implications that it can entail by um, giving them this device too early. When the brains are not fully developed, when they're so susceptible to peer pressure, um, when they're, in, they're
2: inclined to inclined for gratification, just really thinking through, okay, when can my child handle this technology? You know, it's funny because you talk about maybe the parents feeling the pressure too, and I think especially here in New York in this area parents feel pressure, you know, to know where their kids are and to know that their kids are safe. And a smartphone enables yeah. them to have apps like Find My Friends and, you know, to be able to, to have tracking things to make sure their kids are okay. And at the same time, to Rebecca's point, you know, as a parent maybe gets a new smartphone, it's really easy to hand down your iPhone 6 mm-hmm. to your child yeah. and just activate that phone for them as opposed to paying through the nose for a dumb phone. Absolutely. And I think that's why they keep
3: trickling, trickling down to such a younger age is because you, it may be due time for you to get a new phone and say, so, okay, what do I do with my own iPhone 5 or iPhone 6? And it's so easy to hand that over. It's at no cost to you um, monetarily, but what is it costing your child? What is it costing them long-term? What is it costing their um, brain development? What is it costing them socially? Um, when they're not learning how to um, interact with people face to face. And there's some big costs there that parents really need a way to consider.
1: So let's say I signed the pledge. And now let's say eighth grade rolls around. Do you guys yes. have tools because now suddenly, you know, eighth grade's not that old and middle school's middle yes. school. And, you know, so now that this thing has become not taboo, but sort of the prize right like you've made it to eighth grade here's your yes. reward what do you guys suggest because it's not like your kids so mature <laughs> at, <laughs> <Absolutely>. at 13 <laughs> you know yeah,
3: they're not adults they're you know if they're 14 at that age um, which is a big jump from a 10 year old I would say right. but I would say that once whenever you, as a family, decide it's the best decision to hand over the phone, there needs to be boundaries in place, there needs to be time limits in place, there needs to be space within your home where the phone's not allowed. Um, I would encourage parents to ask their friends to check in phones when they come in, so like when they're hanging out with friends, you are just hanging out with friends. They don't need to all be in a room hanging out online when they're with each other. So I think it's just being smart as a parent and putting, like, safe, healthy boundaries in place and also leading by example. So. If my kid sees me on my smartphone the whole time, they're going to just think that that's okay and that's normal and that's going to incline them to want to do the same. So it's also putting boundaries around your own time, which is, it's a tall order.
1: Right. I think that's the hardest thing because it's not, it's not the smartphone that's the problem, right? It's what's on the smartphone. Um, it's all yes, of a sudden so they're on Instagram and they're on Snapchat and they're, you know, there's just... And seeing what they're left out of yeah, socially. Like those apps open a yeah. world of issues. They do, and
3: all of those apps have thousands of engineers behind them that are working every day to hook your children <laughs> to want that app more and more. So they are really thriving on their vulnerabilities. They're really looking for ways to increase their shots of dopamine so that your child like physically is craving that hit on the smartphone. And it's just, it's not good for
1: us as adults, and it's certainly not good for our children. So part of the, when I looked at the pledge, it's very basic. I actually thought it would be more like a big, long contract and a thing, but it's really just like your name, the kid's school, the grade. Um, So what I found was interesting is that the kids don't really sign it anywhere. Um, And, you know, I I felt like if I, as the parent, I'm taking this pledge because obviously I have the wallet at the end of the day to buy this. Yes. But the kid buy-in. Um, you know, you talk about having the conversation, which I think is really important. But I thought it was interesting that there was no kid buy-in, and then also for me, for us, um, a school buy-in, because I do think there's a lot of there's a lot of schools that are bring your own device now. Um, yeah. There's for a lot of kids, a cell phone is actually the way they access the internet rather because they don't have broadband at home. It's really complicated. It's a complicated
3: situation and every school district handles it differently um, it's definitely the pledge of the parent-led movement and I think that once you find it you can go in all different directions um, mm-hmm. you can allow your community within um, your school within your school district you can bring the, we have a whole bunch of materials that you can bring to your school board to get them on board or your principal or teachers and so I think you can go as deep as you want to go um, as far as spreading the word and getting community and school buy-in Um, on this issue.
2: Have you heard school reaction? I mean, have schools or teachers reacted to this?
3: Absolutely, we've gotten several emails from principals and from teachers and um, parents and and they're excited and we've had a few principals request um, materials for us to send their way so they can share in backpacks and um, so there's definitely some momentum from the school community as well.
1: So how many parents have you had sign the pledge? Um, so far, we've had more than um, 2,200
3: um, oh, parents wow. from across the country sign the pledge. So there's a lot of um, momentum about it, and it's definitely spreading across the country.
2: In, in many states? Different states?
3: We are in forty-nine states. Um, the only state that we are not in is North Dakota. So if you know anybody in North
1: Dakota, that <laughs> <laughs> you might not be able to get ten All right, parents people in North out
3: Dakota. there. Anybody listening
2: from North Dakota, <laughs> if Thanks. you are interested, we're going to post a link <laughs> to the Wait Until Eighth Pledge yes. on that our website. Great. We will link to it so you can find it. Um, Brooke has has put a whole bunch of FAQ there. If you have any more questions, and Brooke, I really thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you all so much for having me on. Uh, I look forward to listening to it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy.
1: So now we are back with our Bites of the Week, and we have Amy on the phone with us who tried to be in for our first segment but had technical difficulties so Amy's joining us for her favorite part of the show anyway which is the yes. Bites of the Week. Yeah, as long as I'm here for this that's fine. No, I'm and As I'm long as
2: she gets to still, go first.
0: Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm still out in the woods and it seems like the woods have thwarted my attempt to join you guys before so sorry about that.
1: It sounds like it's the amazing. woods are eating all of your internet bandwidth.
0: Oh my god It's it's, it's absolutely insane like because um, I'm working up here you know I'm, I'm not like just lying around and I work online and I have gone through so much internet it's insane
2: that's scary and it's funny I mean we take connectivity for granted here but you go out in the woods just a little bit and you realize yeah, it's right. not so, so like good you're everywhere in, like, else total in the country
0: nowhere yeah. right. you're just <laughs> oh my god like I'm, I'm on the plan where I get high speed for 22 gigs and then after that they might throttle me there is no might there. Like, I had three days left at the end of the month where I was throttled and mm. could barely work.
1: Ugh, that's lame. Yeah.
0: yeah, it was terrible.
2: Anyway. All right. Bites of the week. Amy? Yes. <laughs>
0: um, my, my bite actually kind of stems from being out in the woods. Um, my husband and I are huge Game of Thrones fans, And so even out here in the woods with no cable, we had planned on watching it each Sunday um, through our app, you know, like just connecting my computer or our phones to the TV. And it it just hasn't worked. Like the app just freezes every like minute and a half when you're trying to watch it. It's ridiculous. So um, the first Sunday that we tried that after like half an hour of trying to watch Game of Thrones, we gave up and we were like, all right, well, you know, we're on the couch in front of the TV. Let's watch something else. So we decided to start Ozark. Um, it, it is so amazingly good. I wasn't. Oh, even that's sorry. what I heard. Oh, it's so. Good. I wasn't even sorry All that right. I wasn't watching Game of Thrones after the first episode. And it's incredibly intense. Um, it's you know, it's violent, but the acting and the writing are so good. I mean, it's just it, Jason Bateman stars in it, and I know he directed at least the first episode. Um, and Laura Linney plays his wife, and it's. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Favorite new show.
1: Wait, I don't understand why you could watch that and not Game of Thrones. <laughs> like that is so weird. Was it the HBO yeah, app? No, it's so weird. It's only the HBO app. Like, you ah. we were able to then, like,
0: go, okay, forget the HBO app and just watch Netflix in 4K with not a single problem.
2: That's
1: so, crazy. You should call HBO or email them insane. or do whatever you have to do.
2: That's stupid. And Which so do you think that's because so many people were using the app to watch Game yeah. of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah,
1: because and yeah, their because app just sucks.
2: What,
0: what we end up doing <laughs> is we end up watching Game of Thrones on Monday morning
1: oh. and it works perfectly. They just can't handle it. They can't yeah. handle the Surge of yeah. people. Oh my
0: god! Yeah, and people have like so many people have argued with me saying, "No, no, no, it's got to be your internet." And I'm like, "No, no, no." We went right to watching Netflix, yeah. it was fine, and we watched it. We we used the HBO Go app the next morning when everybody was back. That at work. sucks because you have and to stay
1: was, off social media because it's right. all yeah. it is the next day. <laughs> you can't look at anything.
0: No, it's absolutely true. And and this past week was the worst because my husband slept in till like 10:30 on Monday morning, <gasps> and. I'm like, I would like to get on Facebook and Twitter, please.
1: (laughs) I have to work, please. You should be able to put a filter, like some sort of spoiler filter on Facebook. That's
2: like the killer app. If somebody could make a spoiler filter,
1: (laughs) that'd be good. That would be amazing. Get on it, people. Yeah. All right, Andrea, what you got?
2: All right. So um, I was at this uh, consumer event today. Why was it two events? One, I have to just say, I was at the launch event for the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 phone that's out. This is the replacement for the seven that caught fire for so many people. (laughs) (laughs) Um and it and was actually mean that it was just so popular. <laughs> it was like <laughs> yes. I'm literally fire. Literally fire literal fire a year ago at this time I was at the IFA tech show in Berlin and that's where they when they announced that it was being pulled because right. of all the fires so anyway one year later here they are and I have to say and I'm an iPhone person as you all know it's gorgeous I mean it's got an infinity oh. display it still has a headphone jack it's got like really cool cameras dual lens with a built-in telephoto and wide angle but anyway I'll use my That is a bite another time when I get my hands on one. But um, I got this other really cool device today. And I know you guys have Amazon Echoes. And um, I've gotten the Echo Dot for a lot of people as a gift because it's not too expensive. It's small. The problem with it is that it has to be plugged in all the time. Mm -hmm. And the speaker sounds like crap. The speaker's terrible. It's terrible. And so what they recommend you do is that you pair it to another speaker Um, Which is a problem for me because my other speaker in the house is a Sonos speaker. And yeah, so that just causes a whole other issue. So I found this product today. It's called Vox V-A-U-X. It is a kind of snazzy looking
1: portable speaker.
2: It it looks kind of like, I don't know if you you guys know that, the JBL or the uh, Logitech tube like speakers, but it's very nice. It comes in different colors. And the there's an opening. It looks like a top. fat echo. So what it's it is yes, exactly. It <laughs> looks like a fat <laughs> echo and your dot slips right onto the top. Oh. So in the so this has battery inside you can plug into the dot. So now the dot is charging from the speaker. Oh, that's cool. And you've got all the controls right on the top because the dot just fits right, right on the top. And I got to tell you guys
1: it's $49. And it's Alexa. Because you're using your dot, you still use so Alexa. So you've now
2: created a really snazzy looking fat Amazon That's Echo, which is cool. three times as much money for your little dot <laughs> and you can get it in different colors and take it from room to room and then of course you That's charge cool. the speaker so that it can charge the dot right or if you want to play music from your mobile device it comes with a jack i don't think it's got bluetooth actually i'm not but I'm the not ju- sure that. dot does but you can it wouldn't need it i guess it wouldn't need it, it, wouldn't need it right so you the... connect your phone to the dot and then you can also connect anything else that comes with a jack just right. you know to plug in so i have to say i think that this is really clever
1: it's called vox it's uh, snazzy! You put your dot right on top there, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm going have to put that on the Hanukkah list for my daughters. They yeah. love their dot. I'm like, doesn't well, I'm the speaker sound horrible? Amazon, They're right. like, no, I love it.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at it right now on Amazon, and like, yeah. number one, it looks good, and number two, like, I don't, I like, I already have a dot. So I wouldn't want to
2: spend $150 on an entire huge Echo. Exactly. It's a small upgrade. It's perfect. Well, yeah. And like my dot's in the kitchen and it looks silly. You know, right. it's just like this hockey bag on my so counter. Weird. But if I can, you know, hide it in this really nice speaker... Um, God, what a difference that would make. And I'll tell you, Amy, if you're looking at it on Amazon right now, the guy told me in the next couple of days they're going to have a flash sale. Ooh, really? And I think it's going to go down to 39 so put a tracker on oh, it. I'm totally going to get Ooh, that. Oh, I will. Yeah. Cool. Um, all
1: right, so my bite is an actual bite, which I had to ask you guys today <laughs> if I'd ever talked about because I've recommended this recipe to so many people and sent it to so many people that I couldn't remember if I'd already talked about it on the show. But since you both said no... Um, it is from the New York Times. It's one of Melissa Clark's recipes, and she's my go-to, man. I think you can be very inconsistent in the New York Times, depending on whose recipes, and some people's are gross. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to name names, but it's another woman on the New York Times. Her, her recipes have no flavor ever. But Melissa Clark's recipes are always awesome, and her videos are awesome. So it's creamy corn pasta, except there's no cream in it. And If you have a lot of corn right now, because that's what's in season and you buy like six ears for a dollar and it's so good. And then you're like, how much corn can one person eat? That was me. So this recipe is so good that this is what my daughters asked for the night before they left for camp and the night they got home from camp. Um, Mm -hmm. It is so freaking easy. So that's the other thing. It's all stovetop. So in the hot summer, it's really easy. But you could also grill. You chuck the corn. You de-kernel the corn. Um, and in the winter, you could just buy bagged corn. doesn't matter. And it's just corn, fresh corn and scallions. And you saute them. Then you puree it. And it makes this... Mm, that's, creed, what makes it that's what makes it creamy. It's what makes it creamy. Oh, and wow. You, it makes it so creamy. And then you put it back in the pan with like a couple ears of just the corn kernels. So then you also have the fresh corn. And then you put some parm. And then you mix in the pasta and she uses um but you can use any small shape. I do. I do gemelli. Because I love it, gemelli. Gemelli means twin in, <laughs> in Italian, which we learned when we lived there. So like that was our that's our favorite pasta. Um, but don't use a noodle. Use a short pasta like that. And then you just add like some pasta water to it and it thickens up and Parmesan and some chili flakes and you serve it with just more fresh scallions on top. I can't even tell you how good this pasta is. And it's so good the next day cold. Like it's good Aww. in every way. Um, it's so good. I actually usually sometimes I add shrimp to it so we have protein. Uh, it's crazy, crazy good. So we'll have a link to that recipe. I can't tell you how many people I've shared oh, with. I'm I'm like you have to right
0: this. now. But you know it's interesting because um, one of the things it, it never really occurred to me to eat pasta with corn, and mm-hmm. I thought I had eaten pasta with everything. And all all spring and all summer. All of the the meal kits that I get, you know, right now I'm doing Hello Fre- Fresh, Plated, and Blue Apron, and they've all had a lot of corn pastas, and they've all
1: been delicious. It's so good. It's something about that super sweet corn with like the starchy saltiness of right. really good, pasta. and it is sweet corn season it's right sweet. now. That's yeah. why, like right now, yeah. it's we the bought. Best I had corn the other it. night.
2: My husband looked at me and said, "This is the best, sweetest corn we've had all
1: summer." I, it's crazy. Yeah. This yeah. is now corn and tomatoes. You can't get enough but of maybe, them right now.
0: But, but making it into a into a creamy sauce, that's something that I haven't
1: seen. It's You so can't believe. That's genius. You literally keep eating it. You're like, there has to be cream in this. I don't understand. <laughs> and there's not. I mean, there's butter because at the end you saute the fresh corn in the butter when you add the kernels. But it's not that much butter. Like, you're dividing it between four people. Um, it's plenty good. Okay. So it's that's my, my recommendation. That's on the list. All right. Well, thanks, oh, ladies. God. Amy, I'm glad you were able to join us for our bites. Yes. Yeah, me too. Thanks for being here, ladies. And we, you can find everything we talked about today on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Parenting Bites. And on ParentingBites.com we'll have links to everything, especially that recipe. <laughs> it's so good. Um, and find us on iTunes where you can rate, review, subscribe, share. And on Play.f you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week. You See know, have a you happy soon. Happy end of summer. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.